Let's do it. <laughs> what a great video. I love that video. Uh, uh, if you want to watch it again, it's called Christmas According to the Kids. And uh, if the kids have got their sheet there, or if, you can have one if you're a big kid too. Any big kids want one, they didn't get one. Oh, there's one over here. <laughs> Nathaniel, can we run some around to the big kids as well? He's not listening. <laughs> anyway, Christmas According to the Kids. It's a great video, although I feel like I've got to just um, straighten out a couple of things. There's a couple of things in there that just weren't quite, quite right. I, I'm pretty sure that if you read the account of Christmas, there was no Frankenstein. Um, it was frankincense, not Frankenstein. And uh, kids, if you've got your sheet there, you can give a tick and a cross to each one of these as we go through. And uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, if you read through the Christmas account, you don't read of any golf buggies. Um, there was no golf buggies involved in the making of Christmas originally. Um, and was it a camel? Or was it a donkey? We don't know. But pretty much every story you see or picture you see depicted, they're writing something. And uh, Sally told me actually yesterday it was about 70 or 80 miles they travelled. Um, I'm like, okay, that's a fair distance. I hope they had a camel or a donkey. It definitely wasn't a golf cart though. You can give that across, kids. Um, and then uh, wh where did they go to? It wasn't Bethlehem. It was Bethlehem. It's pretty close, but uh, it was Bethlehem that they travelled to. And uh, the next one, this one's a little bit controversial maybe. The wise men. Did they arrive at the stable and see the baby Jesus? Well, to be honest, I think it's, it's a little bit debatable because we don't know for sure what age he was when they arrived. But it says that Herod wanted to kill this baby. He recognised that this baby was going to be something special. And he, he put to death every child that was two years old or under living in that area. Fortunately, God knew. He always knows. And they'd escaped already. But chances are that baby Jesus could have been up to two years old by the time the, the, the wise men arrived to see him. But uh, maybe a question mark, maybe a cross there, kids, beside that one. It's the scene we see in so many nativities. But we want to know the facts of what happened at Christmas. And this next one... Uh, I love this statement that the kids make in that video. This baby is, is, is going to change the world. And you know what? Jesus' birth changed history. That is a fact. You can give that one a big, big tick. You can circle it. You can underline it because there is no doubt that Jesus' birth changed history. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter where you come from. You cannot debate that Jesus' life and his followers have changed the world since he came. Now, your birth was amazing. Your birth was significant. Ask your mum. It was a significant moment. It was special. And your, your life is, is significant. And your, your presence in the world, it wouldn't be the same without you. And you all go, oh, isn't that nice? But we haven't all changed history in the way Jesus' birth changed history. We know that the first Christmas, the Christ Mass, was celebrated around 330 AD. And kids, if you're listening, you probably need to put that down, 330 AD, when Roman Emperor Constantine became a Christian. And he became a Christian and he wanted everyone to know about this Christ, this Jesus that he had come to put his faith in. And he began to kind of uh, institute 
special days and, and, and ceremonies and things, and he started the Christ Mass, the, the celebration of the Christ birth. And that's when the Christmas celebration began. And we know there's different ideas and different theories about how that came about and the way it happened and some of the traditions that we have and things that were probably morphed into the Christian faith through other religions and things at the time. But I want to ask you this question this morning. Whose Christmas are you celebrating? Whose version of Christmas are you celebrating? Is it Christmas according to who? Whose Christmas are you celebrating? Is it Christmas according to Constantine and his Christ Mass? Is it Christmas according to tradition? Christmas according to Coca-Cola? Christmas according to Christmas movies made in America so we want snow everywhere? Like, whose Christmas are you celebrating? What version of Christmas do you celebrate? Let me ask you another question. Do you, hands up if you know your birth date. Your birth date, hands up if you know. Good job, kids. Do you know your birth date? Um, okay, you, you know what? Hands up if you, if you remember your birthday. And I, I, I don't mean the date of your birth. I remember. Who, hands up if you remember the day you were born. Chances are not many of us remember that actual day. And I think that is God's gift to humanity because it would be a little traumatic. We would all have post-traumatic stress disorder before we were even a day old. But what we do have is we have evidence. We have markers that show us and tell us when we were born. We have markers. We have parents that say, oh, it was two o'clock in the afternoon. We'd just uh, done this and that. And uh, then my waters broke and we went to hospital. And uh, you were born at 8.03 a.m. And we have markers from our parents. Probably you have a, a birth certificate and maybe a, a license or some other documents with your birth date on it. But you know, they're just markers that tell you what is a fact. They're the markers that point us to the truth of what happened at your birthday. You know, Christmas is kind of a marker for us that every year we, we stop and we remember what Jesus did. We have an opportunity to stop and, and think again about the facts of Christmas. Not just to celebrate Christmas according to everyone else, according to advertising and what they say we should do at Christmas time, but we want to stop and we want to check the facts. We want to remember what really happened at that first Christmas time. Well, it wasn't called Christmas then, was it? But at Jesus' birth. So this morning we want to read from Matthew chapter 1. And we want to read an account of a person who lived at that time. We're going to read an account from one of the four Gospels that tells us about Jesus' birth in Matthew chapter 1. And before I read from verse 18... If you look at the first part of the book of Matthew, it's got this thing called a genealogy, which is kind of like a family tree of, of we see Mary's genealogy and Joseph's genealogy, and we understand that both of them were descendants of King David, quite a few generations down the tree. They're kind of distant, distant, distant relatives. It's okay. And they're both descendants of King David, and that in itself is a significant fact. Because God had promised to King David that one day one of his children's children would become a ruler whose rule would never end. And if you don't understand that, there's so much more I could say, but it is a significant fact that even there, Mary and Joseph 
were the right people at the right time for this baby to be born. Let's read from Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. I just want to look at a few quick facts that we see in the book of Matthew as we read about Jesus' birth. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ, whose name means the Lord saves. This is the Jesus that we're talking about. He is the one that came to rescue all people from their sin. That's what the Bible declares. That's who this Jesus is that we're talking about. It says Mary and Joseph were engaged. They're probably pretty excited about that. But then Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant and he knows that that's not right because they're not married yet and he's going to break the engagement, it says. But an angel comes and appears to Joseph. I just want to point out that that's not very normal. I didn't have any angels appear to me any time Rochelle was pregnant with any of our kids. That's significant. We hear the Christmas story and we just go, oh yeah, I know that bit. An angel appears to Joseph and says, it's okay, Joseph. Stay with Mary. Get married to Mary and name this child Jesus, which as we said, we know means the Lord saves. And he will save people from their sin. And Joseph is convinced and he goes and does what the angel says. But the angel also says that he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And they weren't just random thoughts that the angel declared to Joseph. The angel was actually quoting from Isaiah 7, the prophet Isaiah, 500 years or more before Jesus was born. Isaiah the prophet said that God had chosen a sign, that a virgin would give birth to a son and that they would call him Emmanuel, God with us. And that would be the sign that God's Messiah had come. This is the child that would save all people from their sin. It wasn't a random thing, and at Jesus' birth, it took place. You know, what Jesus did in his life was amazing. Jesus' life in itself was truly amazing. His, his teachings, his miracles, his signs, his wonders, what Jesus did in his life was truly amazing. And then you look at his, his death and the fact that he said he would rise again three days later and he did just that. He came alive, he declared to the world that he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, that he had defeated sin and death. His life, his death, 
He's coming alive again. It's all truly amazing. But you know, even before his first day on earth as a child, his birth was amazing. His, his coming into this world was amazing. Point number two, kids. Jesus' coming was not a random event. It wasn't a last-minute decision of God to bring Jesus to this earth. God had a plan to come for us. You see, the last eight weeks in, in church here, we've been looking at a series on Exodus. And we've talked about how God spoke to Abram, who, who had no children at that stage. And God spoke to him and said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And he changes his name to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, through your descendants, all the world will be blessed. Even though Adam and Eve had sinned in the garden and all people had been separated from God's presence, God spoke to Abraham and said, through your descendants, someone will come who will restore relationship with my people and me again. And God reaffirmed his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and then with Moses, and then later with King David, because God had a plan to come for us. And we could look at the evidence of, of Zechariah and what he said just before Jesus was born and Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist and, and other testimonies of Jesus' birth even before he was born, the things that were spoken about this child. Jesus' life was amazing, but even his birth was amazing because it had been planned by God, our creator in heaven. And he chose to come for us. There's three things I want to say he came to do, just briefly. Number one, he came to deal with our sin. You know, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. God is a holy, perfect God. And in his presence, sin cannot enter. And we have all sinned, we've all disobeyed God, but Jesus came to take that death penalty for us upon the cross so that every one of us could be saved and have eternal life and relationship with him even today on this earth. Secondly, he came to be with us so that he could send the Holy Spirit to dwell with us and, and, and lead us and guide us through this life. And third, you got that one, kids? He came to show us his way, to become his followers, to become his disciples, to learn how to live God's way. And it was God's good plan. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's not a random event. It is a God-ordained moment in history that Jesus came to this earth, the Son of God, and he came for us. We're going to pause in just a moment and sing another couple of songs. I'll ask the band to come, but I just want to read another passage from Luke chapter 2. And as I read through this, I want you just to imagine being there in that moment, what it might have been like. As we read from Luke chapter 2, verse 8, I'm pretty sure it looked quite a bit different to that picture. I'm pretty sure um, fiberglass tent poles hadn't been invented yet. But just try and imagine what it would have been like for those shepherds on, on that day. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. 
the Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Again, just according to the prophecies had said. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This morning, we're going to continue to sing. I just want you to imagine, to think about this thing that the Lord had done, this thing that had happened that night as the, as the angels appeared to the shepherds. As we listen to this song, as we continue to sing, Noel, Noel. Now I looked up the word Noel on Google, because it's not a word we use very often, is it? And the word Noel basically is, is a word that says, simply used to give glory to God. It means the news has come. The baby has come. Noel, Noel. Glory to God. Praise be to God because Jesus has come for us. Let's just continue to think and imagine what that day would have been like as we listen to this song now. We just thank you that you can break every chain, every chain that binds us, every every lie that would want to make us fearful, every lie that would want to make us feel alone. Lord God, we just thank you that your, your, your name, Lord Jesus, what you have done can break every chain. Lord, you have broken the chains that bind us. You have set the captives free. And God, I just pray that this Christmas time, that we would walk free from those things in Jesus' name. God, I pray for anyone here today that feels like they have been chained. That, Lord God, that they would be able to shake those chains off, that they would be able to walk free and run with enjoyment and pleasure the race you have marked out for them. God, we just thank you for this time together this morning to celebrate your name, to celebrate your coming for us. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we give you glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And we've heard already that they named him Jesus. And this Jesus changed the world without a doubt. And we've heard that Christmas is a marker for us, for us to stop and reflect and think about, have we drifted from what Christmas is really about? It's a marker for us to think, do we truly remember? Are we truly celebrating what Christmas is really about? And my third and final point this morning is this. Kids, you ready? Christmas is a reminder that God cares for all people. God cares for all people. Can you imagine for a moment that you're one of those shepherds? Can you imagine being out there in the fields, watching your sheep? And to be honest, the shepherds at that time in history were people who were looked down on by many people in society. They were people that were unclean and weren't allowed to enter the temple. They were seen as lower than a lot of humanity. 
And God chose in that moment, in that night, God chose to come to send his angels and declare to these shepherds what had happened that night. God could have chosen anyone throughout all of the world and he chose to send his angels to these shepherds out in the fields looking after some sheep. And it says they were terrified. They were terrified. They were so afraid by these angels and the glory of God that surrounded them. And the angels say to them, don't be afraid. We've got good news for you. It's like angels. We know everyone else looks down on you, but we don't. And we've come to bring you good news. Don't be afraid. Be excited. Because something wonderful has happened. The Messiah has come. And the angels describe to the shepherds where baby Jesus is. And they say, go and find this baby. God wants you to find this baby. God wants you to know this baby. And so they go and they find him. You know, Romans, another book of the Bible says that Jesus came to give us a gift. And anyone who chooses to receive it will be forgiven of their sins. They will receive God's righteousness. In other words, you'll be seen as holy and clean and totally sinless before God in heaven. And that is the greatest gift we could ever know. Because every single one of us has sinned and disobeyed our Creator God. And we deserve judgment, but Jesus came that we could be forgiven, that we could be set free. And have eternal life with Him, but also that we could know Him in this life. And I've got to say, it's the greatest joy in my life to know that God is with me. And that God is for you and wants to be with you every single day of your life. God appeared to the shepherds. His angels came to them. But we also know that God revealed His coming to these wise men. That's where I was going to put up the shepherds. They were terrified. But God also appeared to the wise men. And those wise men, they, they weren't kings. They, they were magi who were kind of astrologers. They, they were scientists of their day studying the stars. And they recognised that something had happened in the sky that the sign of the baby was there, that the Messiah had come. And they travelled, who knows how far, from the east to come and see this baby Jesus. You know, this news about Christmas, this, this Christmas hope that we have is good news, just, not just for the rich and powerful. And it's not just for the poor, but it's for anyone who will put their trust in Jesus. For anyone who will put their trust in Him and say, Thank you, Jesus, that you came for me. Thank you that even though I am a sinner, you came and took my punishment upon the cross. My judgment has been dealt with. And I thank you for what you've done for me. You know, we put our trust in so many different things. We put our trust in people. We put our trust in, in technology. We put our trust in, in governments. We put our trust in banks. And you know what? Some of those things, we don't even trust them, but we put our trust in them anyway. And yet I want to ask you today, will you put your trust in the Creator of the universe, God in heaven who loves you, who is for you, and wants to lead you into eternal life? Because sometimes we struggle. As crazy as it is, we put our trust in all kinds of things, but we struggle to put our trust in our Creator and Saviour God. This is such good news for anyone 
who will put their trust in him. Jesus came to bring peace and joy and hope that you could enjoy those things with him in this life and for eternity. That's why Christmas is so special. Every year we have this marker, this season of Christmas. But I want to ask you this morning, do you have a marker in your life? Do you have a moment in your life you can point to and say, I know that I have said, yes, thank you, God, and I have received that gift that He has for me of forgiveness, of righteousness and eternal life. Because, you know, the reality is we don't receive the gift automatically. You know, someone said to me once, God is a gentleman. He never pushes his way in. And God waits for you to open the door and say, God, thank you for what you did for me. I believe in what you did for me, Jesus. And I want to receive that gift for you that you have for me. I want to receive that gift and follow you, Jesus. I want to ask you, have you accepted the gift? Because Christmas without that gift means nothing. Jesus came that you could have forgiveness and eternal life, but if you never receive that gift, we will still be cut off from Him in eternity. Have you accepted that gift? It also means surrendering. It means not just living for ourselves anymore, but saying, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. And it means a life of living and following Him, of honouring Him in the way we live. And we'll trip up at times, we'll struggle at times, but have we made that decision? Have we got that marker in our life to know that, yes, my life is in His hands? I pray that this Christmas, it will be a marker for you. Because, you know, when all the decorations are put away, when all the lights are uh, packed away, when all the Christmas ham has been eaten and the presents are all unwrapped and the paper's all in the bin and the toys are a bit broken and, you know, life goes on in 2020. When it's all been done, the truth of Christmas will remain. But will you continue to know that peace, that joy, that hope that Jesus came to bring? Because you can. No matter what you face, no matter what you go through in this life, you can know that peace, that hope and that joy for the rest of your life, no matter what happens. If you will receive that gift. If you'll say, thank you, Jesus, that you came to take my punishment upon the cross, that you proved to the world that you are the Son of God, that you had defeated sin and death and you rose again. I pray today that this Christmas will be that marker for us. Whether you've been a Christian for most of your life or whether you've never made that decision before, I pray that Christmas 2019 will be a time when we remember where we acknowledge that Christ came so that we could be set free. That it would be a time when we remember that Jesus did all that needs to be done for us to have forgiveness and eternal life. Let's just pray together now. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time to come together where we can just be still and remember that you are God in heaven. 
God, we thank you for this marker, which is Christmas time. We remember that you came for the fun and the celebration and the joy that we have so often around Christmas time. We, we thank you for those things. But God, I pray that you would help us to know and celebrate not just the season, but the reason why you came. God, help us to receive the gift that you have for us. That Lord, when all the decorations and Christmas things have been packed away, that we will continue to know that you are for us, that you came for us, that we could know your joy and your peace in this life and for eternity. I pray that for people here today that Christmas 2019 would be a marker for us. That from this day forward, Lord, as we go forward, that we would have a greater understanding that you have done it all, that you are for us and not against us, and that we would have a greater sense of that peace and that joy and your presence in our life in 2020. And from every day forward, Lord, I pray. And help us to live in the fullness of these things you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing, O come, let us adore Him. And I want to invite you in this moment just to surrender and say, God, I, I give you my life again. I receive that gift. I surrender. You may even want to raise your hands and say, God, I give it all up to you. And I come just to adore you and thank you for what you have done for me.